For transcripts, go to bit.ly forward slash read underscore A-S-T. This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land it's produced on, the Darug and Garingai people. Sovereignty was never ceded. I'm Eamon Connolly, and this week on One Letter Better, we have Mikey Marazzi and Andrew Beam. They can be found playing tabletop role-playing games on the Charmstone podcast and writing about them on their blog at charmstonegames.com. We also have Julian, who can be found streaming games and telling stories every week over at Jules the Human on Twitch. So let's put some warm gamer hands together for One Letter Better! you all in your initiative order that we all rolled for before we started i'm doing great having a good day it's almost dinner time i'm pretty hungry i'm ready i'm having a good time as well it's my day off from work so like i'm just kicking back living large living easy wow i am going to say that things are terrible for me just for a little bit of variety but not really everything's fine oh interesting okay We need something bad to happen. That's what I hear is like the important thing for a good narrative. You can't have no conflict. I poked myself with a knife while opening a pack of bacon this morning. It didn't break the skin, but could have been worse. And it wasn't pleasant. Bacon betrayed you? Mm. Well, I think it was the knife. The bacon was an innocent bystander. (laughs) uh, mm. So first thing we do in this show is we have a hot topic that we're going to get to at the end of the show i'm going to get you to sort of tease what you've come up with for it um up to three each just like a a quick quick little teaser um the hot topic for this week is scrubs and it was sent in by jason lee thank you so much jason lee um long time listener of uh season one and excited to hear what you think of season two oh for anyone wondering this part of the show we take the word and we change it by one letter. Jason Lee suggested scarabs, S-C-A-R-U-B-S. A combination of scarab and scrubs. This cartoon is based on an Egyptian massage parlor run by a giant scarab beetle trying to conceal that he is a giant scarab beetle. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) Which I just thought is so out there that um, I I really doubt that any of you have uh, thought of that one. Oh boy, nope. (laughs) That's really out there. Nope. Uh, mine looks a lot worse now. Why'd you say that at the beginning? I have to follow that. (laughs) But Jules, if you could just give us a tease of like your favorite ones that you found. Sure. I, I'm going to assume since I'm a returning guest that I'm getting a bonus letter that would help me. Can I have one please? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So this one is called crabs. I got rid of the S. I changed the U to an A and this is crabs. The origin story of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh. <laughs> we can get into it later, but that's my favorite. And I'm going to tell you what's going on there. Krabs. Great. Uh, what have you got, Mikey? So I have a fallback plan here, which is my end game here is that I'm going to pick up enough points that I can just change it to Gremlins 2 and pitch that. (laughs) Um, In the event I don't do that, I have a little project I'm working on called Scrubs with a Z. Oh. I'm not going to give too much away, but it's a picture I'm trying to pitch to DreamWorks Animation that I feel like is going to be right up their alley. 
you're Tarantinoing it. Like you're like, I'm gonna get to this many points. Yeah. Just figure out how I get there. Yes. Just listen on to the the rest of the podcast. Oh man, I'm ready. I'm excited to figure out how you get all those points. <laughs> I'm curious to find out how I even get points to begin with. Yeah. It is a very closely kept secret of how the points are decided. Oh, good. Andrew, what have you got? Okay, so I'm going to go with one of my more esoteric ones. I actually have a, a handful here, and I hadn't picked until this moment. But I'm going with Scry BS. S-C-R-Y space BS. So I've changed the U to a Y. And so scrying, like a magical wizard or witch would do to view someone from afar. And then BS, as in nonsense. So <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, but I'm, I'm thinking a couple of wizards around a cauldron, you know, chopping it up, seeing what they come up oh. with. Mm. Wizard banter. Hopefully. That's, that's very good. So we'll come back to all of that at the end of the show. Um, but our first segment. The first segment is called the Cromulent Dictionary. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and ask, is Cromulent a thing in Australia that I don't know about? It's a Simpsons reference. Yes. And just between you and me, I feel very embiggened by your use of it. So carry on. <laughs> Excellent. Um, the Cromulent Dictionary. Each player in turn will say one syllable to create a fake word and then uh, take turns attempting to use it in a sentence. We'll all agree on the best definition for the word and add it to the show's dictionary. Now, the first time we played this game, none of us were quite clear on what syllables were. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I think if we just take a moment to really think about what syllables actually are so that we know <laughs> what we can do. I'm confident that you all know what syllables are. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Syllables. I thought I was until you mentioned that there might be some confusion. So no, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do what I've been doing this whole episode, and hopefully this is a winning strategy. I'm going to steer in with confidence. I know all there is to know about syllables. You know, for the folks listening, I think we should just say what syllables are, just in case. Yeah, you, you tell me what you think syllables are. Okay. So the problem we had last time is we all did like, but, but, <laughs> And that's not <laughs> syllables. That's just mouth sounds at that point. Okay. Syllables, like the word children, can be divided into chill and dren. Mm. Oh. Not ch, il, j, r, n. Gotcha. Okay. Not mouth sounds. Okay. So, Jules, if you just give us a syllable and then we'll go through each person until we have what we think might be a word that doesn't exist. Fry. Um, I'm going to go with bin. I'm, I'm feeling glug. Frybenglug. Frybenglug. Okay. Frybenglug sounds pretty good. I think we've gotten far enough away from reality to start defining it. So, Jules, can you use Frybenglug in a sentence? Oh, could I? Boy, I shall. Frybenglug. Picture this. You're in sort of like a movie theater slash arcade, as they usually are. One of those like spaceship themed ones from like Toy Story or something where you get the little aliens. I think Frybenglug is like a specialty drink from there. Like, hey, yo, give me a large Frybenglug and give me one of them space burgers. That's what I'm feeling, you know? Well, my mouth is watering. I know. Frybenglug <laughs> comes in a nice fluorescent green, um, <laughs> orange, a big crazy straw. Yeah, you know, it's just a drink. I can't describe the taste, but it's a drink. Mikey, can you use this in a sentence? You can reject that definition. I want to go a, a different direction with it. And I'm getting a big verb energy off this word. 
And what I feel like is it's probably like a German word that doesn't have a translation. This is my thought here is that this is some kind of German word. Maybe this is a specific type of like beer drinking you would do. So like I'm going to go to Oktoberfest. I'm going to Freiben Glug out of some kind of novelty glass. I'm just going to go right ahead and say that the novelty glass this is done in is shaped like a fish. Oh, game changer. So like it's like a big event, the Freiben Glug, where everyone races to drink out of these fish cups. <laughs> All right. What are you vibing with, Andrew? What do you reckon? Do you have a different one? So Jules and Mike are actually both right. Freiben Glug is actually named after a German scientist in the late 1800s named Dr. Hans Freibenglug. He was famous for his horrible beverages that he would come up with that are flavored with like aspic and only the bitterest of licorice. He was known for imbibing beverages quickly in a sloppy manner, which is where the Freibenglug verb came from. But also as a man in the world of drinks, in the milieu of high drink society, also eventually created the horrible neon soda that we all know and love today. Excellent. So we've got three definitions. They all tie together well. Yeah. yeah. It's all drink adjacent. Perfect. All right. We'll add those to the show's dictionary and hopefully use them in a different segment in the future. This next segment is called Peggle 2. Each player will excitedly announce and describe a sequel nobody was expecting or even asked for to add to any movie, show, or media you would like to ruin or improve with a sequel. So, Jules, what have you got? This one, I read Pagel 2. I read what you're supposed to do, and I already had it. Like, before I even finished what I was supposed to do, I already knew, because <laughs> everyone knows that knows me knows that I really need this in my life, and this is something I hold dear. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift 2, The Rise of DK. And every villain has a story. Okay, so if you don't know, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift is the third movie in the Fast and the Furious anthology of like 9 or 20. I don't know what they're going on right now. But this is the only one that they did in Tokyo in the sort of drift style, capturing the, the essence of Tokyo lifestyle. They haven't made anything like it since. So we want... This is the third one in the series, but Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift Two. Now the main villain is named DK. I want the prequel. I want to know how he got there. How did he become the Drift King? Oh, why does everybody hate him? Why is he so revered as this crazy monster? We don't know, and we don't see it much in Tokyo Drift. I need a prequel. Is this notorious drifter a um, gorilla wearing a red tie? Donkey Kong? No. I'm sorry. Well, we don't know. You got to watch the movie. I don't want to spoil it, but there is some allusion to a tiny tie, tiny red tie. Did I miss something or is this a part two that's also a prequel? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part two prequel. This is the third one of the series, but then it's like the 10th one of the whole Fast and Furious franchise. You know what? They don't do numbers <laughs> well. It's just convoluted. It's going to happen, though. I think it's innovative to take a part two, but make that the prequel. I don't know if that's been done in all of uh, movie history. So, And number three for Tokyo Drift in the linear time, it's the prequel of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't make, I don't know, man. It somehow happens before Tokyo Drift, but after Fast 7, no one knows how. But then it's the 10th one in the series, yes. So I really want this to happen. It's going to happen coming 2021, I think. <laughs> Excellent. Don't have to wait long. Mikey, what do you have? 
I'm going after uh, an American classic here that I think many of the worst men you know have used in place of therapy for years. There's like five movies this could be. I'm really excited. He built it. They came and now they won't leave. It's Field of Dreams 2, Field of Nightmares. Oh, boy. I'm imagining a thriller here in which Kevin Costner is now trying to find a way to rid his cornfield of ghost baseball players. All of them are trying to have a catch with him and trying to force him into this like siren song of like, if you imagine like the stories of like ghosts that want to lure you to your doom, these are ghosts that want to lure Kevin Costner in and force him to be their son now. And they're going to become your ghost dad. So this is also going to tie into the ghost dad franchise. We're recasting Bill Cosby because he's trash, turns out. But yeah, that's what I got. Field of Nightmares. Wow. You're taking it already. I, I haven't actually seen this, but I've definitely absorbed it through like cultural references. Oh, I've never seen Field of Dreams either. <laughs> <laughs> then you're the perfect person to make a sequel. Yeah, yeah, that's how they make them anyways, right? <laughs> you don't need to know the source material. Just you got the money. I read the Wikipedia summary of the plot, um, and it's far more confusing than I ever thought it was going to be. There's the famous baseball players, but then also his dad is there. And then there's a lot of stuff surrounding some kind of poet. I'm not sure how that part gets in there, but I'm sure he's there in the sequel, too. And he wants to be Kevin Costner's dad, too. I mean, this whole franchise is wild to begin with. Andrew, what do you have? I'm going to build on the 1996 action thriller, The Rock, directed by Michael Bay. Is everyone familiar with The Rock, this movie with Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery? Uh, yeah, it takes place on Alcatraz Island. And there's like terrorists taking over. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a little recap of The Rock. Ed Harris and a bunch of former Marines steal some nerve gas missiles and then take over Alcatraz. And uh, they try to extort the U.S. government for payments to the families of slain special operatives members who died, but they had to disavow all knowledge of them because they're you know, on secret missions or whatever. And so Nicolas Cage, who's an FBI agent, has to team up with the only guy who's escaped Alcatraz to try and sneak back in and disarm all these missiles. And that man is Sean Connery. And eventually they do, because this isn't about The Rock. This is about The Rock 2 rock the boat. So I'm going to maybe be a little too on the nose, but I am going to cast The Rock as one of the main villains in this movie. We are going to get Nick Cage back, but Sean Connery's retired, so I figured, got to get an ex-Bond, and then I don't know, like Timothy Dalton is, you know, well, what else is he doing, right? And so he's going to be a magician. It's going to be like, oh, I'm an escape artist. I can escape anything. And then Nicolas Cage will come up and be like, yeah, but can you inscape into something? What's happening is The Rock has commandeered a prison boat. It's like a futuristic prison boat where it's like the world's worst criminals. It's like, we don't even want them in a country. We've just got them floating around, right? Um, and The Rock threatens to crash this boat into, I don't know, um, the Bahamas? And yeah, so Nicolas Cage and Timothy Dalton got to team up and shut it down. Um, Running time, 96 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> do they do it? I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat. Yeah, can they do it? I had read that The Rock contractually will not lose a fight on screen. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but if they do succeed, they have to do it without beating The Rock in a fist fight. So we'll That's see. tricky, because what's in Timothy Dalton's contract? Oh, I'm sure whatever you want to give him. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love the idea of when you want to cast any James Bond actor, but they're not available, you move down to the next available James Bond actor. I'm not sure if George Lazenby is alive, but Timothy Dalton is last. I also love a good boat movie that no one will ever watch. I'm under the impression people saw Speed 2. I personally didn't, but did anyone here see it? <laughs> uh, I'm sure I did no. when it came out. I think I did on TBS once. This is a, a fantastic phenomenon that you know, no one is sure. It's like a, a Mandela effect thing. No one knows if they've actually seen Speed it's 2. Schrodinger. It's Schrodinger's Speed 2. <laughs> <laughs> Does Speed 2 actually exist? Yes. Oh, no, Speed 2 definitely exists, and it's definitely a boat-centric film. But uh, yeah, if we ever have to do another uh, 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 Peggle, Puggle, Piggle puzzle. Peggle puzzle, that's it. I'm going to do Speed 2 2. A sequel to Speed 2. Yeah, the boat paradox will be the next one. How many different vehicles can we do the plot of Speed on? Well, the thing is, Speed is really a cultural franchise that adapts to the modern day, whatever era it's released in. Yeah. It's kind of like Shakespeare. What are people driving nowadays that we could speed? Electric cars? Yeah, like electric self-driving cars. Like, this car's too fast. Someone gets stuck in a self-driving car, like, I don't know, the Prime Minister. And then the hero <laughs> is the one person with one of those classic cars that can drive anywhere. Yeah. You just wrote the second worst Black Mirror episode of all time. <laughs> Here's an idea I got. I'm going to take a page out of Jules' book and do the sequel that comes before. And we're going to do a historical version of Speed in which the bomb is in a horse. And to, to give it the one letter better twist, this movie is called Steed. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, snuck up on Take me there. Jeez. 70 millimeter film. Yes, I need it. All right, Steed, I love it. I'm going to give you all uh, a bonus letter for your excellent submissions to the popular game Peggle 2. You've done it. You've earned one. But we've all earned one, so I don't know if I feel like I earned it. <laughs> I don't know. This is more like a participation point. Mixed emotions here, but I got it. <laughs> I am purely excited and proud of this accomplishment. This is an unmitigated success. I like the idea that Julian would be happier if only one person got a point. Yeah. Even if it wasn't me, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'll give it to him. All right, I'll make sure part two of this episode is much more competitive. <laughs> okay. Just for you. All right, we're going to go to a break and come back with a few more segments and the hot topic. Those cattle rustlers are spoiling for a fight, I'll oblige them. We're gonna save this orphanage, supposing my six shooter and I have anything to say about it. Like, I'm sorry, but Wild West was last month. We're doing sci-fi this time. I'm sorry, Captain, but I've got thrusters maxed out. Actually, it's gumshoe noir, I mean. I had to shake down the flat foot for the poop on where I was gonna- We made our point. We're Andrew and Mike from the Charmstone Podcast, where each month we take on a new game system with a new cast. Try something different with the Charmstone Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your casts. Can I riff a little bit more into Cowboy? I think he was going somewhere. This segment is called Portmansplain. One player is given a portmanteau and must immediately explain what they think it means, whether they know or not. Each other player will then take turns interrupting at the end of the other's explanation with, well, actually, and give their own explanation. Finally, I'll give you all the real explanation. We'll start with Julian. 
Your portmanteau is asshole. Oh, well, that's when uh, somebody keeps asking questions without letting you actually get the answer. And he's really annoying about it. And it's like, yo, stop being such an asshole. Yeah, well, actually, what an asshole is, is when there's like a comment box at a place where you might have questions or concerns, you can write your questions down and drop them into the box there. That's what an asshole is. Well, actually... An asshole is a biological term. It's a mouth that asks too many questions, not the person, <laughs> specifically an annoying kind of mouth. <laughs> you know what, Julian, in the spirit of your competitive attitude, I'm going to give Mikey and Andrew a bonus letter for their responses. <laughs> oh, All right. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> I'm so happy for y'all. But actually, an asshole is someone who asks pointless or obnoxious questions. So then I kind of got it right. What? Hold on. Yeah. And Julian, I would give you a bonus letter for that, but you specifically <laughs> asked me not to in the previous section of the show. I did. I Hold on. Wait. Hold on. What? Rewind. I don't remember saying that. You specifically expressed you don't want this to end with everyone on a level playing field. With me on top. That was assumed. With me on top. That was the assumption. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no mechanic where you get it right. You get a point. Game's not about getting it right. We'll start this time with Mikey. Uh, Mikey, your word is expectation. I would say what a expectation is, is when you are texting with someone and you see the little three dots come up that they're going to say something and the dots are up for a really long time. Expectation is that overthinking you do where you start thinking like, oh, no, I said something to really upset them or I'm in some kind of trouble here. And they're writing a very long message to scold me or do something along those lines. Well, actually, expectation is when you check an article on the Internet, hoping that it's in listicle form. And it's actually not. It's just a long block of text. So you're looking at this and it's like, this is not meet my expectations that I can skim this and figure out, you know, what the main points are and then read or not read. Well, actually, text spectation is when you are watching a friend or somebody in the same room text somebody else. So you're spectating a text in progress. Text spectation. Interesting. But actually, Expectation is the anticipation felt when waiting for a response to the text. Mm. Andrew, your word is bankster. Bankster. B-A-N... No, kidding. A spelling bee joke not landing? Okay. All right. Back to the drawing board. So a, um, <laughs> a bankster is a compulsive collector of piggy banks. They will stack them up. High as the ceiling. Just keeping all the piggy banks from other people. And, you know, stepping over piggy banks, falling over, you know, there's all sorts of hazards with that many piggy banks and not all of them have money. Well, actually, what a bankster is, is a high profile banking executive that's getting involved in a lot of CD deals and a lot of, you know, backdoor weird financing things that should be illegal, but is somehow able to get away with it because of all the money he's able to put into the system. Well, actually, everybody knows the famous artist Banksy, right? So these banksters are people that try and copycat his artwork around the world, and they just get a bunch of fines and they get in trouble because they're not Banksy. They can't do it. It's like a gangster, but a bankster. 
because they're copying Banksy. I will give you a bonus letter for Banksy. Yes. Your one and Mikey's one was kind of close to what it is, though. I mean, not Banksy, but Gangster. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there should be a mechanic to this where you lose a point for getting it right. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a something to think about. It's like reverse balderdash. Yeah. Actually, though, uh, a Bankster is a blend of banker and gangster, which first appeared in the aftermath of the Wall Street crash in 1929. Where I'm guessing this is a lot of newspapers are calling Wall Street bad boys banksters. I feel like when you said that they were saying it like a positive, like, oh, man, Jamie Dimon, he is a bankster. He's so good at running a bank. But you mean it as a pejorative. Well, you know, sometimes these terms flip around and you start to look at the positive side of things. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're really blazing some new ground. Have you had an experience where you were like, damn, that's a good bank person? <laughs> you know, I can't say that I've had a good bank person experience, but now I'm going to actually going to steal this and just start doing PowerPoints for all the different banks. And then they'll think like, oh man, this guy's worth, you know, a million a year as a consultant. And it's like, does every one of your branches have a bankster? This segment is called Freudian Ship. Each player chooses any two fictional characters' names and secretly decides their ship name. The other players have three chances to guess your specific order and combination of the name. You should clue them into whether it's just first name, just last name, or both. Um, so the characters I'm shipping together are Dobby from the Harry Potter world and Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Um, I think they'd be a really cute combo together. Um, you know, Legolas is a bit of a stick in the mud, whereas Dobby's more of a little scamp. Um, and I think they could really balance each other out and be really good for each other in that regard. And Dobby could like ride on Legolas's back as he like traverses the wildlands. It's great. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. He could probably fit in that arrow quiver. Like that's just a perfect little Dobby holder back there. <laughs> Andrew, what's your guess for this? So he said it was a theme and not a portmanteau. So I'm going to say that it is Elf on the Shelf. That's good. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> it's not what it is. It's not it? Oh, boy. So it's like a thing. It's not actually their name, but it's, man, I can't top Elf on a Shelf, dude. Wow. It's got to be something because they're both elves. There's two of them. They're both elves, sort of, kind of. That's really the only thread this is hanging from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something with two elves. I, I don't got it. I don't got it. All right, let's get back to Andrew. Oh, um, Elf if I know. Huh? <laughs> That's not the one I came up with. Mm -hmm. Jules, do you have anything for this? Oh, boy. No, I don't. Oh, geez. I just want to know now. Is it time for me to say, are we all done with guessing? They've used up two of them. They've got one more guess. This one goes to Elf Levin. <laughs> it's not Elf Levin. <laughs> So I really was trying to play on the theme that like they'd really balance each other out, you know, with the scampiness and the stick in the mudness. And I think it'd be really good for each other, which is why I call it elf care. Oh, um, there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Elf care. That's sweet. Andrew, what is your two characters? All right. So I have chosen two classic cartoon legends kind of a star-crossed lovers angle because they're from two rival studios one of them being warner brothers one of them being disney i have gone with maleficent from sleeping beauty and porky the pig of looney tunes fame oh my gosh is this a portmanteau of the names or is it i believe i've actually done it correctly and it's a portmanteau of their names porkificent 
You nailed it. What else could it be? Oh, oh my yes. gosh. One try. <laughs> you can have a bonus letter for that, Jillian. Yes. Good work. The sad thing is, is I was probably lying awake staring at the ceiling for maybe an hour last night trying to think of a portmanteau. I was trying to get porkenstein because I thought that sounded funny, but then <laughs> I just I tried to keep it on theme because Frankenstein's not a cartoon, so. What makes you pair up Porky the Pig and Maleficent? I just thought the word Porkificent sounded funny. Much like me, you started from the name and worked backwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how else do you do this? I mean, you know, that's how modern dating works. You see someone on your dating app of choice, you look at if your names would line up to make a funny word, and then you text them. And you just go for it, yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Julian, what did you have for this? So my favorite series is Harry Potter, and I'm going to be getting a character from there. I particularly like Hermione, and her matched up with Edward Cullen from Twilight. I think would be a pretty good couple. Hermione and Edward. Maybe I'll start with Hedward? Hedward. It's not bad, but no. Man, I was thinking Hedward myself. We have Hermione and Edward. Let's go the other direction. Let's go Edmine. Mm-mm. Hmm. I specifically picked Hermione because of her weird name. How about Ardmine? <laughs> Word mining? Oh, you know, it's so difficult to pronounce it. I think it's definitely wrong because that's not the idea of these things. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to do. Herman and Edward do it Jules, is that right? That was it? No. How could it not be Herman and Edward knee? Hi, Mikey and Andrew. Final guess. I'm I'm gonna say it's Herm Edwards the famous football coach, former coach of the New York Jets, Herm Edwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Close, though. Oh, uh, you got me. <laughs> yeah, close. Can we give him, like, partial points? Because it was just Hermward without the Ed part? Hermward. I like it. Hermward. In the spirit of winner take all, I said Herm Edwards. That's not the answer. I will take no points. Andrew, I will give you a point for breaking Mikey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit wild for I cover from that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wraps up our segments. We're going to move on to the final part of the show, which is the hot topic. But first, I'm going to give you three just a minute or two to think about your bonus letters and see what you can come up with. So we have Mikey at two bonus letters, Andrew at three, and Julian coming in with four. Oh boy, I can change like the whole thing. All right, you've each had a moment to think about what you can do with your bonus letters. This week's hot topic was Scrubs, sent in by Jason Lee. We'll start with Mikey. What do you have? Okay, I have a few different things here. Uh, so we'll start with my original one when I just had the one letter. Scrubs with a Z. My idea for this one is a DreamWorks-style animated picture about mascots for cleaning products. Our star of this is probably going to be voiced by Adam Sandler, because here's the thing. The premise of this is so narrow. The only way this is getting made is with a lot of stunt casting to happen here. We're really going to ride on the backs of the A-list celebrities that we can jam in this thing. Mm -hmm. 
So our lead, Adam Sandler, is playing a character legally dissimilar to the Scrubbing Bubbles guys, who is definitely involved with some other cleaning product mascot voiced by Anna Kendrick, because of course, like she's America's sweetheart. But then we're also going to get a lot of product placement deals worked out where a lot of the characters we know and love from like the packaging is going to be involved in here. We got Mr. Clean in there. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is voicing Mr. Clean. We got the brawny paper towel man. Patrick Stewart did the emoji movie. You could probably get Patrick Stewart to voice Mr. Clean. Picard. Yeah, if he's willing to do that. I'm also thinking brawny paper towel man. Get Chris Hemsworth in there. Has he ever voice acted before? Probably not. Why not? Get him in there. Let me pitch something back to you. How about Nick Offerman as the brawny paper towel man? Huh? That's not bad. Ooh, yeah. yep. We're putting so much money into this casting that this is the only way this movie's getting made. But if you don't like that, I got some other ideas to pitch here. Using some bonus letters, I came up with one called Struts. It's going to be a show made in the same general idea that Scrubs is with a lot of internal monologue, with a lot of those like fun, quirky cutaways to more like fancy sequences. Instead of being in a hospital, this is going to be about the fashion industry. We're going to be dealing with photographers and models. And, you know, we're probably going to focus on a photographer that's maybe a little in over his head in this world. And he's getting into all the hijinks, being surrounded by models, being surrounded by quirky fashion designers. And we're living in his fantasies as he's going through his life here. One of the other ideas I came up with some bonus letters, I have no idea what it would be. I just wrote the word slurps on a piece of paper. (laughs) That's probably something. Mm, You know, maybe at some point I'll come back to slurps if I can think of really anything that's about. I dig it. Andrew, what did you have? I've got three to play with here. So I'm going to take Scry BS and I'm actually going to do a couple of flashy moves here. So let me get the, the boring ones out of the way first. So I'm going to use two of my points to add an O and a Y. So now it's the Scry Boys. (laughs) I got two points to play around with. So first, I'm going to take that first S and replace it with a dollar sign just to make it a little more uh, edgy for the kids. And then I'm going to make my last S. I'm going to actually transform that into a Z just to steal Mikey's thunder. And I'm going to make the Z a skew. Yeah, you can twin italics. You can do bold. You can do like first letters real big. What I'm really hoping is for like a 45 degree tilt, right? Like it looks like, you know, it's messy and it doesn't even it's a care. half a point. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just do a regular gentleman Z there, but just keep in mind that this is extreme and aggressive. So what I'm doing now, it's not just two boring old wizards looking over a cauldron. I'm going to mix, uh, we were going on and on about Hermione before. Let's bring some Harry Potter in here because that's one of the great source of wizards in our culture. And let's, um, let's take Top Gun, right? classic 80s action movie. It's getting a belated sequel. So we're going to combine those two together. So we're going to have a hot shot wizard school. And so this is the Scry Boys program. So this is the most talented wizards at like looking into the future or minds or whatever. It depends on what the episode needs. They all wear sunglasses and they're doing kickflips, aggressive inline. They're grabbing Gogurt and just guzzling it down. You know, all sorts of things. And they're just making a mess of the place, having a lot of fun, getting into a lot of hijinks. Scry boys. I like it. Okay. And if that's not good enough for you, I also have slap crumbs. And this is a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You sold me there. All right. Yeah. So this is like, I'm actually pitching kind of a new sport, but I think that the filming at the overhead would be low. And that's a part of my kind of brand proposition here. Uh, So you get two people and they pick their cookie of choice or biscuit 
depending on how you define it, but it's got to be kind of dry. It's got to be able to crumble. And so basically you're blindfolded and you have to hold your cookie or biscuit, depending on what team you're on, in front of you. The other person who's blindfolded tries to slap it as hard as possible, producing as many crumbs. And so points are scored by how many pieces of particulate matter are picked up by some kind of special branded vacuum in the end. So that's slap crumbs. <laughs> so this, is a, um, this is an ad <laughs> channel <laughs> promo for a vacuum. And also the cookie, you could be like, this is the Chips Ahoy team. Yeah, there's a lot of openings <laughs> for brands here. I, I dig it. Money, brands, all right, I'm in. You can tell that Mike and I are just like waiting to sell out, just the drop of a hat. Uh, yeah, any second now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm already kind of selling out. This is the one that I had before. Krabs, which is the origin story of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants, already sold out. I'm, I'm already getting that corporate money. They're just like, hey, make a sequel, make a prequel or whatever. I don't care. You just make something and it's going to sell because it has the SpongeBob SquarePants name on it. So it's the origin story of Mr. Krabs. How did he get so greedy? He has this huge character flaw, but we don't understand what it is. Where does he get his daughter from? She's not the same species. Where's Mrs. Krabs? Something that is interesting. Is he greedy? How did I word this? How did I word this? Is he greedy because he needs the money to like feed her? feed his daughter because she's like a whale or whatever and she needs to eat a lot we want to give some more depth to these characters that we see just with one trait it's like okay it's a whale for a daughter okay he likes money but like where did his obsession with money come from and his school background as him as a kid you know all of his quote-unquote friends that end up not being his friends in the end don't want to spoil it but where his parents are where's mrs crabs what happened with all that that's the one that i got before famous crabs um uh the smith family will smith jada and all them there's gonna be some famous crabs in there that he's gonna run into as his schoolmates and stuff sort of like a finding nemo coming of age tale for mr crabs you're not gonna go with the cast of spongebob you're gonna recast them with the smith family yeah, because it's going to be younger. It's going to be a young them. They can't. They don't. They don't sound the same. Oh, okay. You're skewing like a younger demographic because yeah, I can kind of hear it that Will Smith, once his voice got a little raspier, a little lower, um, after he gets a little older, yeah, him turning into like an old timey sailor. Yeah, well, I like this a lot because I feel like we kind of grew up with SpongeBob and that original fan base has aged up. So it's time to like make something a little more for an older generation, something more dramatic, something deeper. I'm so on board for this. Yeah, because he's like an older character that we know, like, where did he come from? He didn't grow up in Bikini Bottom. He moved there from another place in the ocean. We go along that journey with him. We're going to make this crab sad. Yeah, you're going to cry. I mean, that was a given. Crabs. That's it. One word. <laughs> Boom. Excellent. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah, that's one. And I had another one with all the all the letters I got. I had two. But they're sort of similar. It's called scripts. 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 It's hard to say. Scripts or drafts. One of those. Scripts mm. or drafts. And scripts is basically a marriage story with Tom Hanks in there, but they don't pay attention to the marriage part. They just pay attention to the career part. I don't know. It was a work in progress. I feel like I've seen that movie poster. Scripts could be a movie about a spelling bee. I mean, it's come up a few times in this show. We Don't make a spelling bee joke. Do not make a spelling bee joke. They do not work. <laughs> Mikey, I will remove a point from you. <laughs> We've surpassed the spelling bee quota. 
<laughs> but if you take away a point, I'll never be able to make slurps. <laughs> oh man, you know what you could you know what slurps could be? It could be the story of Dr. Hans Freibenglug, right? Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, tied yeah, it all in. together. Full circle. Yeah. So which one are you picking? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's got your eye? I think that's really, that's up to the audience to really like get back to us about what they think we should actually go ahead and produce, give the go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Unfortunately, Mikey coming in with the least number of bonus letters. You are going to have to go. Yeah, if you got a soundboard going, you can just flush me on the toilet now. But I will say one thing. If you flush me down the toilet, you'll never get to hear what Slurps was about. Mm. That's what I'm keeping. I'm keeping that one close to the vest. I'm taking that toilet with me. (laughs) Taking that one to the grave. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much to Jules and Mikey and Andrew for joining me today. You got it. I had a great time. I'm glad I was here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This episode was produced by me, Eamon Connolly, with production assistance from Angel Fashlevon. Thanks again to Andrew, Jules, and Mikey for joining me. Our theme song is Here Comes a Good Boy by Louis Zong and the Barkin' Dogs. And until next time, keep it up. You're doing a great job. Mm-hmm.